everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it's my pleasure to welcome my guest, Brian Kim. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, I know that you're a busy guy, and I also know you're a dad as well. So I appreciate it even more that you give you're, you giving me your time today. Oh, it's it's my absolute pleasure and honor to be here. I've I've been uh, following your podcast along with my brother-in-laws. I hope they hear this for quite some time, and um, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh man, it is my honor, truly. Um, so um, okay. By the way, I have to confess something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so like. I've known. Okay, so actually, yes, your your whole family—not your whole family, but your your sister uh, Shirley has been on the podcast, and also your brother-in-law, who also has his own podcast, like you just said. I hope they hear this. Has been on. Um, we've been on together several times, actually. And I actually, I so like I've known Shirley and David for a while. I hear about you all the time from Shirley, and um, like just he- not bad things, just. just things like here and there (laughs) and then like honestly brian like mm, don't take this the wrong way okay but you're kind of intimidating looking a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you get that yes i i everyone um says i have a pretty bad rbf Um, no it's not even i don't know you're just like i mean you're you're not like a small guy you know like and (laughs) and like like i (laughs) And so, like, I was telling my husband yesterday, like, oh, so I talked to Brian in person yesterday, and he is just the nicest guy I've ever met. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. I think uh, I think a lot of people would wouldn't say I'm the nicest guy, but no. I'm glad to, to hear. So, uh, yes. Well, anyways, all that to say, <laughs> I'm really excited to chat with you tonight. <laughs> um, not intimidating people. Brian Kim is not intimidating. He's he is a really sweet guy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that was my introduction to you. But really, we're here to talk about what it is that you do and your job. Um, so, Brian, without me uh, prolonging this intro, what is it that you do? Um, my title is Chief Operating Officer at Remota, which is my background. Yes. Um, And what we do is we provide a financial technology platform Mm -hmm. to help people achieve their perfect retirement. Perfect retirement. Yes. Now, that's a subjective term, but that's that's our mission as a company. Okay. Um, Right now, I'm sure everyone that is working in a corporate setting, if you will, or in a career that has benefits has heard of what a 401k plan is or Mm -hmm. the retirement. And um, I think if I were to ask about 10 people, maybe one of them, one out of the 10 would actually have a little bit of knowledge into what it is, Mm -hmm. that the retirement plan is and what they need to be doing. And then the other nine would say, yeah, I've heard of it, or I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, what our company is trying to do is bridge that gap and make sure... um, one, the employers are really getting the bang out of their buck for mm-hmm. providing that benefit. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, individuals themselves, <laughs> excuse me, can retire with dignity and, you know, really 
save for retirement. Okay. I mean, I literally know nothing about retirement <laughs> plans, but um, you said you said technology platform. What does that mean? It's a great question. So we when I when I first started, actually, this is my first job out of college, and uh, I'm, I've been with them. Oh, really? Um, okay. So we started off sending paper reports to people's homes. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we have this engine. Our CTO built uh, this engine from scratch, essentially, that helps analyze people's situations and tells them what to do to essentially project a certain amount of wealth in x amount of years what mm -hmm. so like you what okay i'm sorry let me just stop you so, <laughs> so like what you enter like their job or something and then like right. what do you so, what like, do you what kind of data is put into this engine <laughs> that produces that kind of uh results that's a that's a great question um it's funny too because when I first started, I was trying to explain that's what I did, and and uh, I still think even my parents don't really understand right. what I do today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we take a lot of you know personal like a profile of someone like their age, their their compensation, uh -huh. um, their gender, and make a lot of assumptions and say, okay, like based on this information and what you're currently doing within your retirement plan will project that you'll have this amount of wow. dollars at retirement. Okay. Um, uh, and so, sorry. And so you were saying, I asked you what a technology platform is. So uh, that's what it is that you're providing for people, that information? Correct. So what we do is we we have an engine that does the number part. Uh-huh. And then we have an, a platform that people can come up like a tool that people can come on and enter in like their spouse. Um, so for example, if we were to, uh, let's say you ran a company and you hired us, uh -huh. we would give the education to all of your employees uh -huh. that's personalized to them. Uh -huh. And they could go in and add their family and, and other outside accounts to really complete their profile. So there's like an online tool. We have communication. We're actually coming out with an app um, which is more greater on savings. And then we have like uh, personal savings coaches, okay. which are real people that people can speak to and wow. schedule sessions and things like that. Okay, so why would a company hire Remotive? Like... That's a great question. So everyone thinks that, especially companies think, well, a lot of the providers we use do what what remotive says that remotive does so for uh -huh. example like um i don't want to get too into the weeds of the of the jargon but like the retirement plan provider if you will uh-huh they're the ones that really provide the account okay um and then the employee like the company just trusts certain providers to do their job so like think about like health insurance or dental insurance like you get your car you might get like brochures and things like that like Go get your teeth cleaned or you know, do this or that with your um your doctor's appointments. But with the retirement plan, a lot of people are expected to just go and figure it out themselves. 
is is provided. So back then, how the industry evolved was it came from. I don't know if you've ever heard the term pension. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Kind of. Like a yeah. I mean, everyone's heard it in movies and stuff, but essentially, a pension is like think of it like social security money, but with a company. Okay. Gotcha. So it's like it's like you kind of put money in your whole career, and then as you retire, your your company is required to take care of you. But that's oh, right, because being... like people are like, oh, I don't want to retire before, uh, like and lose my pension or something. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, so like, there's a lot of things that happen there where they're trying to shift the responsibility from the employer to the employee. Because what happens if a certain company goes out of business? Um, you know, and and things like that. So now that the individual has the responsibility, like they don't know what they're supposed to do. Okay. Um, and so what we're trying to do is just really bring personalized education mm-hmm. to get people engaged and actually use their retirement plan. That's important. Yeah, it's not. It's not the most, you know, shiny, mm-hmm. sexy thing, if you will, but. I, I, the reason why I've actually stuck with this company and it's my first job and hopefully my last one mm-hmm. is because I really believe in what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been really fulfilling just knowing that like, like one quick example was I went to a benefits fair and like um, in California and I was getting real feedback and people were coming up to me saying like hey thanks to your your company like i was able to retire confidently wow. like i felt okay to retire um and not worried about it or anxious about it i, I felt comfort in that and like mm. i think just getting that real-time feedback knowing some people can retire and live a peaceful life beyond just their career um is super fulfilling yeah no definitely i mean and again um, every time I talk to someone on this podcast, I my first thought all the time is, wow, like truly, like there is a job in areas that I never even imagined. And even more so like these days with technology and like new tech companies and things like that. But, um, you know, you said your chief uh, operations officer, COO. Um, that's like an executive suite title. So my question is, like, did you start this company or how? No, does... I did not start it. I uh-huh. was the first non-relationship employee. So our founder, um, our founder, his name is Bob Doogie. He actually was a pioneer in this space in this okay. industry, and and he's a you know, he, uh, he's been very successful. And then our founder, um, and president currently, he, you know, they worked together in, in previous companies and then essentially they wanted to start, um, a company. Well, I'm sorry, let me backtrack. What they started was the products that help people retire. Okay. But then they realized as they were, you know, heading off into the, to the, horizon they were like well no one really knows how to use the product or understands the products we created and that's the gap that they wanted to do and so um i actually graduated from georgia tech mm-hmm. uh with a 
IE degree. It's industrial engineering, but all the other engineers call it imaginary engineering. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, actually, um, I got graduated from there and then I co-opted at Cox Communications. Okay. Um, And it's funny because the the co-op manager I had there, like he really, he, he was awesome. I mean, he came from a rough neighborhood and actually like he gave me the shot because I was competing for the job with a like a close friend of mine, but uh-huh. I stayed up all night for an exam. Then I went to the interview and I straight up told him, I was like, Hey, like butcher this, um, uh, this interview just because I stayed up all night. So I'm sorry. He said that was enough for me to get the job. So, wow. um, yeah, like he, he just taught me a lot of things about like, being a professional and like he had the best soft skills I've I've ever seen yeah yeah which I'm finding is truly very important these days too yeah he um I mean I I just had the luxury of being able to watch him but like it was a big corporate office and it's he actually his role in the team I was on was called quality internal customer satisfaction meaning are the people that are using the software that the company is requiring their employees to use happy with it? So mm-hmm. for example, like if you ran your company and you were like, Hey, everyone needs to use zoom. I would go around with my manager taking surveys being like, Hey, do you, do you like zoom? Oh. What do you hate about it? What do you like about it? And then we would report it to the people that said that suggested zoom. Oh, interesting. So, um, I was in a role that wasn't liked, but <laughs> but my manager was very well liked. So it was a really interesting dynamic for me to observe and learn mm. from. Um, and uh, so I think just kind of learning from him and then that really translated into, into uh, I think my career now, just understanding it's about relationships. And like, as I was co-oping to answer your question, sorry, I... Mm. Uh, I didn't like the co-op experience. Like I hated working for a big corporation. I hated being like just a cog in the machine, if you yeah. will. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I graduated, I applied to every company I've never heard of. Oh, and that's different. When, <laughs> yeah. And so when I interviewed with this company, I went in and they were all in like, shorts Hawaiian shirts flip-flops <laughs> and uh that was it I was like you know what they're different it sounds like they're working with finance technology I'm not really sure I, I understand what they're doing but I'll I'll go for it so oh, I started as a data analyst and then um I've just been with them ever since and uh climbed the ranks if you will because I got to experience anything and everything so you did so, that right out of college then I did and you graduated in four years? Uh, five, but like it included me doing the internship for three semesters. So. Right, right, right. But yeah. Okay. That's that's insane. Okay. So um, as chief uh, operations officer, COO, what does your day look like? Like, what is it that you do? What is your function in this um, amazing company? Because I'm like so fascinated right now. <laughs> uh, it's... Anything in that, well, I would say my most important role is to 
carry out the vision of the CEO. Mm. So really my boss, which is also like my big brother mentor, Mm -hmm. um, he's actually the son of our chairman. So the founder is Bob Doogie and our CEO is Bobby Doogie. But um, yeah, we have a really tight relationship and he's a really great visionary. And I'm about the like execution part of it. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if he's like, I want to go to, I mean, think about like ways, right? You type in a um, a location. It's like, I want to go here. Like I'm the person that thinks through the routes. Yes, I completely get it. I completely, I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we just clicked that way. So I think that's my most important function. And it's funny because growing up, like I would say I had, I was blessed by God with like a really good group of friends mm. and uh I was never like the funniest. I was never anything really other than I do believe God blessed me with like leadership talent. So um, I never really knew how that would be used. But I think what what he used through me is the ability to see and pull out the best in people. So Mm. I think what that that raw talent that God blessed me with and just kind of the opportunities I've been given. Mm -hmm. Uh, allow me to land this role that's incredible and I mean I I think it's really cool that like because you know growing up you don't really know who you are and then Mm -hmm. like even I would even say like trying to decide what you're going to do for college right and that's kind of the reason why I started the podcast too Brian is like I think it's so crazy that at 18 we're supposed to decide what we want to do for the rest of our lives you know, and then, you know, without any, without really even knowing what's out there. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, like the fact that you said, like, you, you knew these qualities about you, you didn't know how God was going to use that. But now you're in a place where you're being effective with the skills you've been skill set that you've been given. And um, what you were saying about, like, your boss is a visionary, your CEO is a visionary, but so a lot of times he brings you the vision and you're like, okay, like X, X Y, and Z need to happen. How are we going to do that? Um, just, I only know this from a ministry perspective, but I, I can relate to that. And um, are there times for you, hopefully your CEO doesn't hear this, but <laughs> um, are there times for you that where that's like, challenging or frustrating even or I mean it seems like a really great work environment so I can't imagine that it's like you know too frustrating but as CEO like do you ever find yourself in a place of just kind of like okay what are we gonna do um yes but I think it depends like Mm. what is your definition of frustrating oh um like or here's why i ask okay it's there can be a frustrating as in we completely disagree oh on certain things Uh it can be frustrating (laughs) as in um we will go down a path and then change our mind and start over again oh all those Um, things are frustrating for sure um (laughs) But they're so they're so critical to success, right? Because uh, I think the main thing that brings us together is we have the same 
values and we believe in the same principles. Mm. Um, but what makes us work well together is that we think so differently. Mm-hmm. But we both agree on the final outcome. Mm. So it's good because the disagreements, the frustrating part is actually the most beautiful part because you're able to battle test it and really think it through. Mm. Um, like, it's funny because I think if you read like Proverbs, which is my favorite book in the Bible, just because it's always a contrast. It's like, do this, but don't do this. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe um, wisdom is about knowing what to do and what not to do just yes. as much. And yes. I think that's why our partnership works very well. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Um, like, okay, I'm just trying to get like, juicy things out out of you i guess but like when you disagree (laughs) when you disagree like Mm -hmm. what happens like i'm just uh, curious like you know it's just you guys just draw back you're like okay let's let's revisit or what what do you do um i think i think because of our personal relationship Uh uh-huh it's because we trust each other so much that we're willing to listen Mm to each other so important yeah um like why we disagree and we've gotten to a point where if we don't disagree we actually see that as a problem oh um if we if it's too like oh that sounds like a good idea and we don't play devil's advocate that's usually a red flag i think um just because you're not thinking it through and there's too many blind spots because you're only thinking about going forward and you're not thinking about everything else. Interesting. And I guess as, you know, executives of this company, if you're not thinking what could go wrong, that could be really bad too. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm... I'm really bad with like phrases and cliches, but you know, they, there's a saying like, if you're paranoid, you shouldn't be, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you aren't, you should, should be. be. Yes. 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 I've heard this before. <laughs> um, I, I really believe in, in, in that. Like, mm. You obviously don't want to rob yourself of peace, but if you're ignorant to, to the possible risks and you don't think it through and you, and you weigh pros and cons um it's a super dangerous place to be yeah so okay brian you know you said you were um an industrial engineer and what david was that too right yes okay um and he is a problem solver um can you remind me again again um like what ie studies like so i guess what i'm getting at is does your did your degree help you in what you're doing today i yes i think i think the main skill set of any engineering degree is to problem solve yes and like so for instance mechanical engineering is to use tech uh, or machine machines and hardware right to get mm-hmm. things to work together mm-hmm. there's civil engineering where you're trying to ensure and you're problem solving like um like a, does a parking lot fit on this kind of land that has this incline etc but right. for 
for IE, it's more about processes and cost cutting and efficiency. Right. Okay. This is that's why David is in a supply chain thing. I got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> just kind um, of. I'm just remembering everything right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's funny because I actually started in business management, and then my roommate. I, I got really lucky with my roommate because he was like number three in our class. What? From high school, and, and he wanted to go to Duke, but. He ended up just going to tech, um, and I happened to be his roommate, and I was like, like, I sure, surely, you know, was very annoyed with me for this, to like, hype. like, so I was one of the kids that was fortunate enough to, to do well without putting in too much effort. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> And I do feel weird admitting that, but I feel my like husband is the same way, and it's very annoying. <laughs> I feel <laughs> for so, Hannah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so um, I it just, but I actually didn't really learn how to study until graduate school. But okay, like through high school and and college, like I never really, I didn't study too hard, but but I I did well enough to do, um, okay, and and. I think like my roommate at the time was like, "Hey, you know, IE Industrial Engineering, they have the num like the number one job title for this major is CEO. So like the most, oh. right? I should say it the other way. Like most CEOs at the time were IE graduates. Interesting. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into, <laughs> um, but I'm glad I did." Oh wait, so why why thinking. is that then? Because of the problem, like because of like the need to know how to not just problem solve, but like save money and be efficient in whatever it is that you're doing. Is that why? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I know what my son's gonna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like I remember taking this one course where like there's like this certification called like lean six sigma uh -huh. um and i watched this video on like a saturday morning because it was, it was like a saturday like elective and literally they did the study of someone who like like a warehouse like a thing of an amazon packaging warehouse and someone had like man magnetic scissors uh -huh. placed here and, the, and then the other person had to like just put it wherever they wanted so the, the task was as soon as like you package it, you cut the tape and then you go to the next one. Oh. And so the person that had magnetic scissors there, like passed the other person in productivity by like 3000%. So you like watch and learn things like that. Just even the placement of scissors and like how you think about doing everyday tasks can oh. save you so much money and time. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to think of things like that? <laughs> um, like, in, in, for your business, like, your, what do you call it? You know, realm of business. Not, obviously, that's something task-oriented, but in the same way, you have to think of those kinds of roads to take, right? Yes. I, I think, I think the decisions that I struggle with personally the most because I'm, I'm a very optimal, efficient type of personality that I like the wisdom and redundancies. Mm. 
because like think about like you know if, um if you go camping or okay i'm a, like a packer so if you go like on a trip mm -hmm. i'll always take like one extra pair of socks or underwear just just in case right so right. it's like things like that where like if you change it into a business sense like it costs money but then the risk of not having that can cost so much more right, right so it's like thinking through those things i know it's really weird to bring in an example of like underwear and socks no no it's but... not weird i get it because i'm the same way but <laughs> <laughs> um okay oh, man it's a lot of responsibility being CEO. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I think the hardest part is uh, the burden of leadership, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's not only about like what you do and how you perform; it's it's how you conduct yourself. Like every move is being watched, and I'm also very young. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I'm just gonna say it for what it is. Not that, not that anyone that I work with personally made me feel this way, but I also recognize like I have a little bit more responsibility to represent yeah. the minority, yeah. and and especially for being as young as I am to conduct myself in a certain way. In certain environments um to change that perception and ensure like you know um minority and koreans and not just koreans just anyone really no matter what age can do a good job based on merit um and it's funny because like sometimes you know the other leadership will like be blasting millennials and i'm like yeah i'm still a millennial too, yeah you know yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, just the burden of leadership, I think, is the most taxing, but the most rewarding. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, honestly, because I was going to ask you, you know, you're 32? Mm -hmm. 32. Um, I mean, being executive of a company um, is at 32 is something to be celebrated. I mean, truly, Brian, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but... Uh, yeah, like you should, I mean, congratulations, honestly. It's a belated one, Thank obviously, you. but this is, it is really amazing. Um, you know, and you, as you were talking, I thought of something too, as you know, you said being a minority, being Asian American in your field and in this situation, in your, what do you call it? What do you call that? Your COO-ness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, like, um. I did just realize, you know, unfortunately, I can't speak for everybody, but I do think there is a lack of financial literacy amongst Asian Americans, especially our generation. Because um, I honestly, I wasn't really taught. I don't know about you. I don't know about your, I know you guys are business owners too, but, um, you know, when it comes to retirement even, I feel like that's like this that would be a whole nother like thing that a lot of Asian Americans maybe don't even think about really. Um I don't know how it is now. Can you speak to that at all? So it's funny you say that cuz I I don't think it's a it's a race 
thing, actually. I just think oh. the financial literacy, I mean, you know, for instance, you go to your local grocery store and you see, uh, let's say, very experienced individuals bagging groceries. Uh-huh. Hopefully they're there because they want to be and they want the interaction. Uh-huh. But like, I think the reality is a lot of them are there because they have to be. Um, are you saying like retired people? Yeah. Okay. They okay. just need the income. Oh, interesting. I guess. I I do think that sometimes. Um, <laughs> like, um, like, oh, are they bored? It's what I think. But you, you're saying it's a lot of times it's because they no one helped them plan their futures. Mm-hmm. Very eye-opening right now. I'm like, <laughs> wow, yeah. okay. Um, and so if I were to, one, if, if anyone has access to a retirement plan, I mean, this is, I have to give a disclaimer just for my sake of my industry. Like yes, I'm not yes. giving anyone in financial advice, but if you do have a retirement plan with your company, I highly recommend you go and just get started saving because time is our greatest asset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Talk um, to David after this. Cause. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, take, please take full advantage of it. Any, anyone and everyone listening, um, you are allowed to, to contribute up to $20,500 in your retirement plan annually for this year and then that'll go up with inflation oh um leveraging that account now and just letting it build and acting like you don't have that money uh-huh like you don't think about it you just get in the habit of putting the money away like when you retire that's what you're replacing your income with. so i see okay yes. we might have to have another conversation after oh, absolutely this absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, and, and if, if you don't have access to a retirement plan, there's obviously other alternatives for everybody. So, oh. um, but okay. yeah, I mean, I, I think especially for our age, like our parents being uh, immigrants, they didn't have access to those types of benefits. Yeah. So like, you know, for a lot of our generation now that does have access to it, it's just about the education and knowing what's available mm-hmm. and how to use it. It's mm-hmm. a, uh, really critical so Hmm. brian you mentioned um graduate school yes um so at what point did you go to grad school and and was that like a need for you in order for you to become coo or do your job better or was that just a personal choice yes and and it i'd like to you know uh one thank you again for the belated congrats congratulatory um, words and of wishes. Course, but yes. I, I I have to humbly say like it's not me at all. Like there's just been the support system and mm. and God for sure. Mm. Um and just it's it, when I was younger I always I, I would pray when I was younger like God just please give me a different life. I never mm. understood what I was praying for. I just knew like maybe this is coming from a place of not being humble, but I just prayed for a different life because I just believed I was supposed to have a different one, which 
Um, I do believe God is answering through now, but um, yeah, I, 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 graduate school was a part of it. Like I, I hit a point in my career where I could decide to like start looking like all my friends now who are asking me like, Hey, why are you still with this company? Like, you know, we're all at the big ones and, mm. and, and, and all these things. And uh, you should think about venturing out, but it's not like I knew what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, until I figure out what I want to do, let me try to go back to school and see what I can do to improve myself. Mm. And so I actually started at Georgia Tech. I finished one semester, but then my boss wanted me to move down to Miami. Okay. And so I moved down to Miami with now my wife, Hannah. We got married and we moved down there. Um, and then I started over at University of Miami. Yeah. Okay. I got my MBA there. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I um, hate studying that I think it's crazy people go to more to go educate themselves more. <laughs> no, but in a, in the best way possible. I mean that in the best way possible. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I actually didn't know I, I knew how to or I didn't know how to study until graduate school, though. Oh, you did mention that. Okay, so like, what does that mean? Graduate school was very challenging for you? Or like, what does that mean? <laughs> it was very fulfilling because I was curious. Oh. Yeah. Like, I guess. <laughs> no, no. Okay, what I'm trying to say is like, my husband and I would talk about this all the time. Like, you know, because we have our own kids too. Like, yeah, like. So okay, so David, my husband, is a structural engineer. I don't know if you do you know that Shirley and him work together. I I did not, but no. oh yeah, they work together at RLR. Okay. <laughs> um, Shirley actually gave or Shirley actually, um, what do you what do you call that? I can't think right now. Refer, you know, referred, 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 <laughs> referred David, and then they worked as civil together for a little while, and then he moved to structural, but he studied structural anyways mm -hmm. um what i was trying to say is yeah like if we could do it all over again you know because i i mentioned too like i told you like my husband he like annoyingly like never studied and just did well on tests and stuff but like you know i think you know there's a lot to say about that now because he says you know if i could do it again you know i would have worked and like kind of figured out what i what I wanted to know or needed to know or even just in, have interest in. And then if you actually go to school because you want to learn about the thing that you're doing, it would be so different, you know? And so, like, even our own kids, like, we, th we talk about that. It's like, what do we want for them or what do they want to do? We need to be open because if we could do it again, the information that we we learned in college may have been retained better if we were actually interested in what it is that we were studying in. Is that kind I, of what you're saying? I maybe yes. I'm totally wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 um, I agree. I like, even with like work, there are so many people that are like, well, why am I part of this meeting? Uh, I have nothing to say. I don't really care. I think it's about attitude and perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Or like people go to a class and they're like, oh, when am I going to use this? It's like, okay, like if you don't get anything out of that time, I mean, I, 
I, I cautiously say this, but I, I, I also have conviction behind it. Like I, I put the accountability on the person. Mm. Like even for me with work, like I don't need to be vocal or I don't have to be the contributor, but like I can still sit and observe and listen because it's important to one, be informed and just know what's going on. And so I, I think like, it's good to be curious. And, and for me, fortunately, I think my brain clicked in a way where I just became curious at how the world worked mm. from business to culture to people to psychology and all these things. So I just started reading a ton, just trying to figure out like why certain things happened. And then um, I came across like Warren Buffett's right hand man, Charlie, Charlie Munger. He's like a really dry guy, but he said like the thing that schools the education system did that really failed us was splitting up subjects like they're separate huh. because everything is everything is like tied together right so like think about it this way like economics and psychology if, if you had those two uh, classes you'd think they're really um two separate things but like think about the the behavior you convey when you go shopping or mm. when you don't go shopping or if you impulse buy, or, you know, if you want to upsize a certain meal at a restaurant or yeah. whatever. Um, and when that clicked for me, it's like, even if I feel like it doesn't pertain to me, I realize everything is transferable. So I think just taking the accountability to try to learn and be curious. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I'm, uh, this mindset that you're talking about right now, like I feel like has come up a couple times in the podcast, um, like just kind of like a growing mindset, right? Like you're talking about just mm -hmm. understanding that you can learn from everything and it doesn't have to be one way or the other um, is really important. I think not just if you want to be CEO a CEO one day, uh, but just like in life as even as a parent, I'm sure, you know, too, like so so much so um but yes that's really good that's really good advice i was going to ask you if you had any like um other life advice um <laughs> or maybe or maybe even just like someone listening they're like hey i want to be coo one day like brian um do you have any advice for for someone that is thinking that right now um i think to one, not put so much pressure on yourself to have it figured out. Like, I I mean, I say this with love. I don't even think our parents have really figured it out. Mm. Um, but it's to not worry so much about figuring it out and to just make the most of what we can each and every day. And yeah. I think from a career standpoint, which is what I think I benefited from not because I did it intentionally but I did it uh, you know I got lucky or blessed by God like uh, I wanted to share with my daughter too like if, if you don't know what you want to do find someone you want to follow Ooh, and do whatever with them that's really good <laughs> um, that's because good. I've gotten to a point now too where I have enough professionals around me where like it doesn't matter how great the job is. If the people you work with are not good, yes, no job is good enough. But yes. like, 
like a boring job with like the most amazing people can be fun and fulfilling. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh man, I lost my train of thought, but that's okay. Um. But yeah, that's really that's good. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I keep adding to my insurance. My children. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I remember now what I was going to ask you. So, like, um, are you pretty busy? Like, like as just a, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. You're CEO of a company. Like, are you busy? Yeah, um, <laughs> I want to make sure I answer this correctly. I So, the... I think the best way to explain an executive role is like you your work is never done. You just decide uh, when to stop everything. I see. I see. Do you um, work from home currently? Yes. Okay. Okay. I heard that's been really hard for people though, like to turn it off. Yeah, I I I finally learned how to turn it off. Mm. Um and I set boundaries mm -hmm. and like I used to not set boundaries, especially because I was younger and I'm Asian American and sure. I was like, oh, I need to do twice as much, twice as hard. But then I was like, you know what? Like actually, fortunately for me, I think it was more of a faith thing. Like mm, if I wasn't like a lot of people struggle with imposter syndrome, but it's like, I stopped thinking that or fearing that like when I really uh, I just had faith that God put me where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And so as long as I know I'm being a good steward, as in like, I'm not wasting time. Um, I don't worry too much about saying like, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to be there for my wife and daughter or et cetera. But like, of course, that's how I think I am. Yeah. I'm sure I have a lot of moments where I'm not and I could improve a lot, but um, yeah, I, I think it's just about setting boundaries and knowing like whether I do it right now or in the morning or tomorrow, like, is it going to be the end of the world? Like, hopefully not. Yeah. So. It's usually not, right? Yes. Not the end of the world. Um, I mean, the only reason I asked you is, you know, whether you're an executive at a company or even just a working parent, um, it's always just like that work-life balance is so hard um, as a family man too. And so I was, I mean, you answered already, like just being able to set those boundaries. But I was going to ask you like how you do that because I, I know that even when you're not an executive, it's hard to balance work and like be, you know, being intentional at home too. Um, but, you know, even more so, I think these days with that work-from-home life, um, boundary setting seems to be the the most common answer it's like you just gotta you just gotta do it is what I'm hearing yeah like I, I think fortunately too because of the position I'm in uh -huh. I actually well I I work I work with um Tim Timothy Kim as well that, but Tim? like <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I, maybe he can speak a little bit to this, uh, but like I'm intentional with it. So like if someone goes on vacation, mm -hmm. 
I like tell them don't don't work like if you oh, work yeah. like you know like joke around and be like are oh, you gonna owe me you're gonna owe a Starbucks or something like don't check emails and I just try to make sure like people feel safe enough to just say what's going on like yeah because yeah. I, I uh like when I do one-on-one to people I I it's really dumb to think people can separate personal and professional life mm-hmm, like that especially mm-hmm. when they work from home mm-hmm. so for instance like if let's say we were working together and something happened to your kid mm-hmm. like I'm not going to expect you to be 100% focused like I would say hey you know hey Blair like you, you're Blair first before um you know we're, we're, we work together so focus on that and the work will be here when you come back and mm-hmm. we can just support so I think it's just being really intentional around that and uh, recognizing that they're a person before they're just an employee right usually everything falls into line so I don't know if that really answers the question for someone that's working with a difficult boss but I think I can't everyone has different scenarios but I hope they have the courage to just stand up for like what's good for them yeah because if you're not in a good place you're not even going to produce good work Mm. you're just going to be unhappy so yeah leave um yes unhappy is not good because i mean i i liked what you said you know it's just like even the people you work with right like you could have the most boring job but the people you work with if they're great like then it's the best job so it makes a lot of sense um okay what do you like least about your job (laughs) what do i like least uh i think decision fatigue or the having to make a lot of decisions oh that would okay I would suck at this job I'm so indecisive (laughs) oh man I guess is that a real thing what you just said decision fatigue Um, is is that like a term people use that term (laughs) yeah oh my goodness uh, I've never heard um, of that before so like Mark Zuckerberg and like, you know, why Steve Jobs always wore like a turtleneck and yes. jeans and like those billion dollar people that wear like simple clothes all the time. It's because they don't want to decide what to wear. Every day. That's true. That's true. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's just trying to make sure you make a lot of. Really, I think the higher and that's why I say like busy, the term busy changes because like. You go from task being task oriented to becoming thought oriented, mm-hmm. and like your your day to day as an executive becomes making like really important, like a few important decisions every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, that's real. So <laughs> you're like trying to obtain as much information as you can from every source possible, and then making that decision. So I'm in a lot of meetings, and so like. I think, you know, Hannah, my wife, and my daughter hear me talk constantly, saying the same things over and over yeah. again. And they're like, goodness, like, the people you work with, like, they must be so sick of you, but it's, like, so necessary. Right, right. Oh, right. man. Decision, Decision fatigue. That's crazy. But, yeah, okay, I can see why maybe that would be difficult for a job like yours. Um, Okay, so what do you like the best, then? I think it's the ability to um, 
this is gonna sound cheesy but I, I honor god like i i hope the way i lead and build mm-hmm. a culture is like conveys like god's goodness mm-hmm. you will like um just to really think and think about the people first and and recognize like we don't need to be ruthless to be able to succeed like i i i don't believe in like the zero sum game where like you know only one of us can take like i, I just don't believe in that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so i think that's like the best part of my job where i get to share my faith and like no, obviously I'm not trying to push it on anyone, but I also, um, you know, implement God's goodness. Yes. So good, Brian. This has been wonderful. I I loved learning more about your job and who you are and what you're about. Um, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, I feel like we just hit the surface, so honestly, in this hour. Um, so uh, to put you on the spot, uh, would you be open to somebody if they're listening and they're like, hey, like I have more questions for Brian or I'm just interested in what it is that he does. Would you be open to me connecting you with them? Absolutely. And if anyone has questions about retirement, uh, fans, I will definitely send them over to town. No, I'm awesome. just you, yes, you can, that's a great they idea. They can come uh, ask me as well, <laughs> um, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Brian. Hey, guys, if you have any questions, um, you heard Brian. He is open to chatting with you. If you want me to connect you, please feel free to DM me on social media or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks, guys, for listening. Until next time. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Thank you. Bye.